Good morning. Welcome to St. Paul's, and a special welcome to our visitors who are worshiping with us today. When something goes wrong with your body, you want to know what's going on. Is it a tear? Is it a sprain? Is it a break? Is it some kind of degeneration happening? So you go to someone with the authority, someone who can tell you what's wrong, what procedure, what surgery, what medication you're going to need. And even then, you might need a second opinion. Today, there are no second opinions. As we come to the authority, Jesus, we place our life in his hands, and there's no better hands to be in. We'll worship using the order of service as it's printed out for you in the worship folder and projected on the wall. Uh, so we begin with our first hymn, Speak, O Lord.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Holy God, gracious Father, I am sinful by nature and have sinned against you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved others as I should. I deserve your punishment both now and forever. But Jesus, my Savior, paid for my sins with his innocent suffering and death. Trusting in him, I pray, God have mercy on me, a sinner. Our gracious Father in heaven has been merciful to us. He sent his only son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Therefore, As a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Congregation may be seated.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, look with mercy on our weaknesses, and in all our dangers and needs, stretch out the right hand of your majesty to help and defend us. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Our first lesson today, taken from Deuteronomy chapter 18, at Mount Sinai, the Israelites were terrified of the Lord's authority. They needed someone to go between them and God, to speak on behalf of God. Moses did that at the time of Mount Sinai, but he promised another prophet, fulfilled in Jesus. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. For this is what you asked of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, Let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire anymore, or we will die. The Lord said to me, What they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him to. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods, is to be put to death. The word of the Lord. Our second lesson from Hebrews chapter 3. Uh, the Jewish Christians in Rome were being tempted to fall away from Christ and to go back to Judaism. It was easier. It was legal at the time. But the writer to the Hebrews reminds them, Jesus is better than Moses. Jesus has the authority. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as the son over God's house, and we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. The word of the Lord. Please stand in honor of the gospel. Our gospel today from Mark chapter 1, Jesus teaches and drives out demons with authority there in Capernaum. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue, who was possessed by an impure spirit, cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed and they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. 
Please be seated for our next hymn. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Heavenly Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, to whom is all authority in heaven and on earth. Amen. God's word we consider for our sermon today, the gospel from Mark 1. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. It takes an awful lot to amaze people these days. Another scandal among politicians or celebrities? Eh, that happens all the time. Another up-and-coming athletic talent getting ready to play ball in the pros? That happened last year, and it'll happen again next year, too. Some new technology that's supposed to change our lives for the better? Well, it usually takes a few years, maybe several years, before they work all the bugs out of that and it becomes affordable and accessible to the average person. So much of what happens in life around us is the same old, same old. And what is so amazing about that? It is Jesus went to the synagogue in Capernaum and taught, and people listened. They were amazed, awestruck, astounded. 
if we were to go and listen in on the teaching of Jesus there at the synagogue in Capernaum, how would we feel? A little uneasy? Impatient? Thankful? Thrilled? Today? Let's go. As we go to the synagogue in Capernaum, as Jesus teaches among you and me, be amazed at Jesus' authority. Both his authority with the sacred scriptures and his authority over impure spirits. So last week in the Gospel from Mark, we read about how Jesus called disciples, Peter and Andrew, James and John, to go and fish for people with him. And so when it says here that they went to Capernaum, it was Jesus and his disciples. Capernaum was Jesus' new home base of operations, so to speak, after the people of his hometown, Nazareth, rejected him. And so they went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. That was Jesus' custom, after all, to attend God's house. There in the synagogue, that was where the Jewish people and converts to Judaism gathered regularly for instruction, for worship, and for community life. We get a sense of Jesus' custom and how things would have gone at the synagogue on Sabbath days uh, from what happened in Nazareth in Luke chapter 4. There, Jesus was handed a scroll from the Old Testament, from the sacred scriptures, and he would read that and then teach. He taught about it and taught how he was the fulfillment of it. Yet here at the synagogue in Capernaum, people were amazed at Jesus' authority with the sacred scriptures. Well, what was it that was so amazing? Was it that Jesus had such a commanding and compelling and confident tone of voice? Was it that he used the latest research-based methodology in teaching? Or was it that he was just such an engaging speaker that everyone was on the edge of their bench the whole time? Mark says, what was so amazing was that he was different. He was not like the teachers of the law. The teachers of the law were also known as the scribes. And so their job was to make copies. They meticulously copied the Old Testament over and over and over again and counted exactly how many letters they knew the Old Testament like the back of their hand. So naturally, people would go to the teachers of the law, the scribes, when they had questions about the scriptures, when they wanted to know interpretations of the scriptures, or when they needed a dispute about the scriptures settled, the teachers of the law were the judges for that. And it was the teachers of the law when Herod wanted to know just where is this king of the Jews going to be born, he went to the teachers of the law, and they pointed him to Micah and to Bethlehem. Now, the way the teachers of the law interpreted the scripture was they looked to another authority, another rabbi. What did Rabbi Gamaliel or another rabbi have to say about this? They were obsessed with the different interpretations and the rules and the traditions that they had come up with from the scriptures. Things like ceremonial washings and how far could you walk on the Sabbath and how much work could you do on the Sabbath. 
Things like oaths and offerings, all kinds of laws. They laid more and more burdens on people with these laws, but they did nothing to lift those burdens. No forgiveness. It was more do this, do that. All these laws. And Jesus was nothing like the teachers of the law. What have you come to God's house for today? If you've come just to listen to what pastor's opinion or the church's viewpoint or the synod's stance on some idea is, you've come looking for the wrong authority. If you come listening for more things that you can do to be good in God's eyes, you've come for the wrong reason. If you've come just for human knowledge and not for God's authority through his prophet Jesus, you've set yourself up against God's authority. On the other hand, if God's leaders here at St. Paul's bring you Jesus' authority and you say, I don't want to have anything to do with that. I've got my own ideas, my own opinions. They're popular among other people. I'm not going to listen to that. You set yourself up not for amazement, but against God's authority. And that will turn out awfully. Yet Jesus, he amazed people because he taught with authority from the sacred scriptures, because he brought those sacred scriptures to starving souls. Jesus brought the living and active word of God and led it to penetrate hearts to reveal sin that was not just on the surface, things that we do, but in our hearts. What we were born with, what we've been by nature. Jesus taught with authority because he brought the message of repentance and the good news of forgiveness. He was different than the teachers of the law. They just tried to do what was right. Jesus did. He was righteous. Unlike the teachers of the law, Jesus fulfilled all of the scriptures, crossing every T, dotting every I. Jesus always loved the Lord his God with all his heart and soul and strength. He loved his neighbors as himself. And he did that for you in your place. Jesus has the authority to do what the teachers of the law could not do. He brings you the forgiveness of all of your sins. The people at the synagogue in Capernaum said, what is this new teaching? It's because the gospel was new to them. They were not taught that. It's new for you and me too. Because every week, the different sins that we've fallen into, we need to hear anew that Christ has the authority to forgive them. And he announces that in his teaching, in the absolution, in communion, for your forgiveness. Christ's authority is so amazing because he's not come with more rules for us to follow, but forgiveness for us to receive. He came not to bring suffering, but in his teaching he brings salvation, and he brings it to you and me again today. Be amazed by Jesus' authority with the sacred scriptures, but also his authority over impure spirits. Just then, at the synagogue in Capernaum, 
a man who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out. Of the angel spirits that God created, many of them stayed pure. Many of the angels continued to and still do serve the Lord by doing his will, by bringing messages, by protecting God's people. But many of those angel spirits became impure. They rebelled against God. And God cast them into the darkness of hell. Impure spirits is just another way of saying fallen angels or demons. And they have and really still can possess people. Those who dabble with, get involved with superstition and witchcraft and those kinds of things, they open themselves up to being possessed by an impure spirit. Impure spirits have and can afflict a believer, just as they did for the believing woman in Luke 13, whom Jesus healed. Impure spirits can influence the speech of a believer, just as the devil did for Peter when he tried to discourage Jesus from going to the cross. Impure spirits are nothing to trifle with. They are powerful. God calls them rulers, authorities, and powers. Earlier on in Mark chapter 1, the devil tempted Jesus out in the wilderness. There Jesus was isolated, a child of God under attack and temptation from the devil. But Here we see how the forces of hell, the devil and his demons, they come after God's children also when they're gathered together in a group. It's been said that wherever God builds a church, the devil builds a chapel there too. So here, as Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, this man possessed by an impure spirit cried out, the devil still today, where God's people gather, he looks to plant hypocrisy and division and doubt and indifference. The impure spirits, they also look to interfere and interrupt Jesus' teaching. And they're loud. Notice this impure spirit. He cried out. They're loud and insistent. They still try to interfere with Jesus' teaching and interrupt it. Think of all the excuses that we can come up with that get between us and our daily time with God's word. Or that get between us and our weekly time in God's house gathered with God's people. Or when we are in God's house or are studying the scriptures, all the different distractions and interruptions that come up. Those things are right in line with what the impure spirits do. That's one of their goals, to interfere and interrupt with loud, insistent, persistent they do that with their temptations week after week. The temptations that you and I have stumbled and fallen into over and over again. The guilt as they try to drag us away from the Lord and make us think, God would never forgive you. You should just give up, get out, go away. Impure spirits are loud and insistent and persistent. The doubts and contradictions that come up to Jesus' teaching. But they're also foolish. 
impure spirits. Notice what this one said. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now think about it. This demon knew who Jesus was. He knew Jesus was the Holy One of God. He knew that Jesus had the authority to destroy him and would ultimately be his undoing in the lake of fire. He still came right out in the synagogue and confronted Jesus. Rather than staying undercover or slinking away, looking to escape, he foolishly confronted Jesus. The impure spirits know who God is, and they shudder. It's just like in the beginning, so foolish. Can you imagine how the conversation would have gone with the devil and the other angels who rebelled? Hey, guys, let's attack and rebel against the Almighty, the Eternal, the all-knowing God who brought us into existence and gave us everything that we have. That should turn out well, right? Foolish. The impure spirits and the demons, they are foolish just as the sin that they lead us into is foolish. And Jesus would not share a platform with this foolishness, these lies and half-truths. Jesus rebuked the impure spirit and said, Be quiet. Those are the same words that Jesus used when he rebuked the winds and the waves, the storms on the Sea of Galilee, and stilled them. These torrential forces that you and I have no authority or control over, Jesus does. And he puts them in their place for us. Jesus said, come out of him. Now the impure spirit shook the man violently and he came out with a shriek. Those demons... They do not go down without a fight, but it's futile. Their fate is determined. Jesus wins. He has authority over impure spirits still for us today. And he showed that authority at the cross. He triumphed over the rulers and the authorities and the powers. There at the cross, he crushed the devil's head. There at the cross, he drove out the prince of this world. There at the cross, he won the victory over impure spirits. And then he went down to the halls of hell and announced his victory over them. That same victorious authority he announces here among us today. By Jesus' authority, you are set free from the control of impure spirits and demons. By Jesus' authority, he silences their accusations and guilt that they try to lay on and control you with. By Jesus' authority, he sends impure spirits packing from among God's people. It's amazing. Jesus' authority over impure spirits for you and for me and for all of us together. Now at the synagogue in Capernaum, the people were amazed. They were awestruck. But do you notice what Mark does not say? Mark does not say they believed. John, in John chapter 6, says that when Jesus finished teaching at the synagogue in Capernaum, he was telling them about 
I am the bread of life. I came to give life to the world. And it was after his teaching at the synagogue in Capernaum that many who had been disciples turned away and no longer followed Jesus. Jesus himself, when he was speaking about different cities where he ministered, he pronounced woes on Capernaum because they had the opportunity to hear so much of his teaching. He performed so many miracles there, yet they did not repent and believe him. So the question for you and me today is will you be like the people in Capernaum who are amazed at Jesus' teaching there in the synagogue, here in God's house, but then go on to live life as usual, unchanged, unaffected, no big deal. Repent. Repent of the indifference and the dullness that impure spirits have worked in your heart. Trust in the authority of your Savior who brings the scriptures to you and sets you free from your sin, forgives you of all your wrongs. Believe in the authority of your Savior Jesus who sends the evil spirits packing from you along with all of your guilt. Spread the good news, the report of your Savior's authority all around the community and by faith in him, be amazed at his authority for you, for your eternal good, and for your salvation. Amen. Please stand. Tell me the peace of God which goes beyond all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated. And at this time, we invite all of our elected officers, board members, committee members to come to the front for installation.
we need, we can have a second roll. Thank you. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in holy baptism, our Lord Jesus Christ freed you from sin and death and made you members of his body, the church. Through word and sacrament, you have been nurtured in your faith. The Spirit has seen fit to give you gifts for serving on behalf of our congregation. You have now been nominated, elected, or appointed to positions of leadership at St. Paul's, officers, board and committee members. The Lord says, it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. He asks you to carry out your duties to the best of your ability, using your gifts to his glory and for the good of his people. And the same Lord who has given you gifts for service will continue to give you strength to use them faithfully will bless your work in his name. As leaders in our congregation, it's also important that you set an example for your families and for your fellow believers in your Christian living and your faithful use of the means of grace, God's word and sacraments. These will empower you and guide you in your tasks. Will you carry out the positions to which you have been elected or appointed according to the ability which God gives you? If so, answer, I will, and I ask God to help me. I now install you as officers, board, and committee members in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now at this time, we're going to pass the microphone around. And if you would please, when you have the microphone, uh, go ahead and turn and face the congregation. Uh, tell them your name and which board or committee that you serve on. Uh, Eric Specht, Recording Secretary, Officers. Nick Schmidt, School Board. Tim Klapperk, Board of Elders. Dave Wehrman, Elders. Steve Schuler, Elders. Andy Springer, Board of Elders. Jim Ike, Financial Secretary. Edward Strauss, Board of Elders. Mike Verso, trustee. Zach Theobald, school board. Lee Ike, trustee. Eric Eikhoff, congregational president. Kathleen Eikhoff, evangelism. Edie Hedrick, evangelism. Missy or Melissa Hahn, activities committee. Justin Reduce, school board. Nathan Meitner, Activities Committee. Molly Meitner, Activities Committee. Trevor Wehrman, Board of Trustees. Jim Wickman, Trustees. Fred Palmeyer, School Board. Clark Kleinance, Trustees. Members of St. Paul's, I urge you to regard these leaders as servants of Jesus and gifts to his church. Pray for them, support them in their service, and help them so that through the gospel ministry of our congregation, more people will hear and believe in Jesus as Savior and Lord. We would also like to thank all those members whose terms of service have come to an end. May the Lord graciously bless you for your service in his name. You may depart in peace. We invite the congregation to stand for prayer.
Lord Jesus, under the authority of your word and your grace, you have blessed our congregation for another year. We thank you for the members who have served on boards and committees. Please be with all of our leaders this year again and use our efforts as you let your kingdom come to hearts here and all around. Holy Spirit, please be with Emily Panzer as she deliberates our congregation's call to serve as our permanent 4K teacher. Also be with Andy Dice, our fifth and sixth grade teacher and athletic director, as he considers a call to teach sixth grade and serve as technology director at Martin Luther School in Oshkosh. Give these called workers wisdom and clarity in how they will serve you in the years to come. Heavenly Father, please watch over Neil Paul through his lower back surgery on Tuesday. Grant skill and success to the doctors and a smooth recovery according to your will. Help Neil and Sharon look to you as their rock and refuge in every trial. And we join to pray in our Savior's name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please be seated for the distribution, and if you're visiting with us this morning, please also note our congregation's practice of close communion. <laughs> 